1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. ends April 3rd, 2023.
0: Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See
2: official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. We have made it. Week one of the NFL season has arrived, and you better check your pulse if you are not fired up. Thank you for letting Fincetta Radio be part of your day. I am Jake Mendel. This is the Jake and Josh Show, and we are missing Josh, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce him right now. Josh Dwellhoutz, the face of Dolphins Twitter, the avatar of Dolphins Twitter, I should say. How are you doing today, my friend?
0: I hope I'm not the avatar. I mean, I guess I'm kind of like a walking avatar, but I'm doing good, man. I mean, we just got a depth chart to talk about. And like you said, it's week one. We finally made it. Uh, The kids are also calm and, you know, keeping themselves occupied. So I'm excited to get talked to offense football. How have you been today, Jake?
2: Dude, it's wet. It's rainy. But man, nothing puts that pep in your step. A full slate of college football over the weekend. Uh, We're just two days. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Two days away from the Rams and the Bills starting the season. And Josh, this kind of has the feeling of you know that first day back at school. So so I'm interested. Have you bought any merch? Have you bought anything new for the new season that uh, you're ready to uh, turn the page to Mike McDaniel with? I I
0: don't, Jake. I I didn't buy anything. I got a couple beer glasses. I don't know if you saw them going around on Twitter, but there's a Jalen Waddle one, Tyree Kill. I got a two of one. So I guess I got some new glasses to show off
2: for the new season. What about you, man? You got anything special? I got a brown book. Basically, I'm just. Very excited to take notes, share my thoughts all throughout the season. And Josh, I'm going to rip off a couple of them here, too, that I've written down just today uh, that's gone through my head. First and foremost, the Pats are arriving in Miami. I think it's today, Josh, so they can adjust to the humidity. Uh, last thing I checked, I don't think it takes two days to adjust uh, for the humidity, and I think that's something we're really uh, still downplaying, man. I think the one thing that sticks out about Hard Rock Stadium is the fact the the opponent is just sitting baking in the sun. I mean, I don't even think it should be legal in reality, but, but I mean, I'm all for it since it's my team. Um, Hey, have you heard anything about the Patriots regarding, you know, going to just to the, uh, humidity a little early, try to get that run game ready to go, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, I did. And I mean, I think we've all traveled to Florida, right? As soon as you get off that plane, you get smacked in the face with it. So I don't I I don't know. I mean, you can come down two days, you can come down a month early, whatever it is. I don't think you're ever going to truly be acclimated to that. I do think one interesting note, Jake, is um, I mean, it's probably been a while, but the Dolphins are three point home favorites, you know, and uh, I think the overrunner is 46 and a half. So um, Dolphins are favorite to win this game. And I guess that's why I'm a little bit queasy or hesitant oh you had that in your book nice Uh, it was the next thing on my book that is amazing we are ready
2: for week one we are
0: ready we are in sync so um bye 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 i didn't know what to say there so
2: (laughs) that was perfect but but man like like that that, let's talk about that for a second um three point favorites i saw two and a half points what will? with that just to kind of make it a little safer a little easier uh 46 and a half over under josh that would mean the dolphins are winning somewhere along the lines of 25 to or 24 to 21 ish right you know some safeties field goals can switch that up but when when you hear that i mean that that sounds like a pretty reasonable week one final score considering last 10 games my uh the dolphins have hosted the patriots i think the patriots are like seven or three and seven in miami i mean the dolphins turning the page the patriots having a lot of rough spots i mean 24 to 21, considering the Big Bad Empire still has, you know, Emperor Palpatine at the helm. That that sounds like a pretty reasonable score.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at their last, uh, I guess it'd be their last five meetings. It looks like the last one, the Dolphins one was 33 to 24. But, you know, before that, it was 16 to 17, 12 to 22, 11 to 21, 27 to 24. So you're right in that range. I do think the one thing we have to say and get it out of our way now is I think fans need to temper their expectations a little bit, right? I mean, we're all going into this, you know, thinking we're just going to beat the heck out of the Patriots, right? This is a new year, you know, this is the Miami Dolphins, but we know these matchups, you know, even when they had Tom Brady, even when they were Super Bowl champions, you know, the Dolphins played them hard. So we got to remember it's an AFC's battle, but um, I'm going to throw that all out the window and the Dolphins, I I think they're going to score more than that, right, Jake? I mean, this 33-24 win that they had the last time they played on January 9th of Week 18 last season, I think we're going to see somewhere around there. And, you know, they might not even score 24 points because that Dolphins defense is ready to play.
2: There it is, man. The PR is coming out full speed. and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to get into five burning questions for Miami's week one matchup at the New England Patriots. Josh, you just kind of hit the nail on the head of what we want to talk about here. First and foremost, what on earth is going to be the pace of this offense? Uh, Throughout the preseason, Tua was snapping the ball with about five to eight seconds left on the play clock. And, you know, as you're going through a game that might not seem obvious, but, but Go back to last year and try to keep in mind there was two offensive coordinators. Charlie Fry was the one giving the plays to Tua. So when you think about, you know, you got to listen to the play. Excuse me. We should start. Someone has to pick a play. Someone gave it to Charlie Fry and then Charlie Fry gave it to Tua and then Tua called the play and then snapped the ball all within 40 seconds. And you can see how heck that gets. And. That could be some of the issues we saw last year with him, you know, gunning it right at linebackers. He didn't really have time to, you know, sit at the line of scrimmage and look at what's happening. Just because there were so many different chefs in that kitchen this year, it's all about letting a cook. So, Josh, gut feeling. When we think about this San Francisco 49ers offense, it is about the pace. It is about we're going to run the football. And we don't say that as a, like the whole offense is bad, but we're burning clock. We're trying to get closer to the end of the game. We have the lead. That, to me, is going to be the most interesting part. Josh, do you see the Dolphins going out like it's week two of the preseason, bombed a kill on the first play? Or is it going to be like, hey, you know, we gave you this. You know it's coming. But now we're going to let Chase Edmonds eat for four quarters.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question, man. I mean, we'd all love to see them open it up and go, you know, right for the jugular first play of the game. But I think, you know, the smart way to go about it be a little bit more methodical. I think you can hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head. You know, this is going to be a run first sort of team, I guess. Run first sort of, you know, control the clock, open things up with that play action pass. But um, it's just so nice to realize that, you know, this isn't the same offense from last year. Like you said, I mean, all the chefs they had in the kitchen. Now you got Mike McDaniel calling plays to Tua tonga And I, I mean, we'd be crazy not to bring up how Tua has never lost to New England Patriots. Right, Jake? We have to make sure we bring that up every time they play the Patriots. So 3-0 lifetime. But uh, I do think that, you know, from what we saw, you mentioned he snapped the ball with eight seconds left on the play clock. Things like that. I mean... I think we're going to see a lot different of an offense, you know, different style Mm -hmm. in the regular season. And I hope we see some of that up-tempo stuff that, you know, you mentioned how they're going to be cooking on the sidelines. You know, we have images in our head. I think it was, was it Lawrence Timmons or one of the Pittsburgh Steelers players throwing up on the field? I mean, you have all this speed on offense. I mean, utilize it, rotate in those ball carries, you know, they got two running backs listed, uh, Oh, man. Raheem Mostert. Did I say that one right? I was trying to get that one right first try. And Chase Emmons are both listed as starters on the depth chart. And Mike McDaniel even sent his press yesterday. You know, all those guys can carry the rock. All of those guys, you know can come in the game fresh and and tote the rock for the Dolphins so um I'm interested to see the way this all plays out but I mean right now it's probably just honestly a guessing game because you can look at what he did in Atlanta look at what they did you know in Washington and San Francisco and this is Mike McDaniel's offense I mean he has to put his thumb on that and I'm excited to see how he goes against you know again New England uh, Bill Belichick arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time but it's still Don Schuller for me.
2: Absolutely and to kind of wrap up number 1 the, the pace of the offense uh go back to the over under we're sitting at 46 and a half points that 24 to 21 score ish uh Josh I see a situation where if the dolphins can you know force a couple three not just don't let the patriots dominate the run, the ground game and really control the action you let mac jones throw the ball you make him have to throw the ball and you know if the dolphins I mean I'm so interested to see like a 10 point lead where you know um, Dolphins of last year, you come out with a 10 point lead and all of a sudden, you know, two, three straight runs, uh, one prayer to try to get a first down and punt. I'm interested to see if McDaniel can sustain that running attack with that 10 point lead where you can kind of uh, put opponents in a stranglehold. You know, your secondary is supposed to be the strength of your team um, and you can just run the football successfully. So, you know, you hope that, you know, 10 point lead early is enough to make the hatreds offense so uncomfortable where they have to play to Miami's strengths so it's just going to be such a fun chess master and I'm so excited to get 17 of them Josh moving on to number two you mentioned it the first depth chart was released the first injury report was released so number two what am I burning questions is what's going on with these injuries Josh are you comfortable with Theron Armstead just walking into Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday and, and just playing after not playing any snaps in the preseason
0: I mean, if there's anyone on that offensive line, you feel okay about it, be Teron Armstead, right? But I mean, after that huge payday, you know, after not really seeing him out in camp, I mean, again, we're not down there covering the team. I'm sure that he got some reps in there, you know, with the first team. I think Mike McDaniel even said, you know, they love what they have at their tackle position, and they're not really concerned about it. But um, Mm -hmm. being an outsider, looking at it from our perspective, I absolutely am a little concerned that there might be some rust there and, you know, just how important he is to that offensive line. I mean, let's be honest with him in that lineup, it should make everything else uh, look worlds of a difference besides it's Teron Armstead, though, Jake, the one that continues to come up, and uh, I think Merrick Brave is doing a nice little countdown or following it on the site, but he's doing a waddle watch. You know, his injury and everything, we saw Jalen Waddle was held out. He's been out for, what, almost three weeks, I think? You know, he's been Maybe even listed. Yeah, so um, we saw him dancing yesterday. I don't know if you saw that video, but he did have the compression sleeve back on his leg. So um, it sounds like Jalen Waddle's ready to go. Mike McDaniel said time and time again, if they had a game, you know, last weekend, the weekend before, he'd be ready to go. But again, man, it's just... I feel queasy about a little bit. So give me your thoughts on either of those injuries. And do
2: we see Jalen Waddle this week? And if we don't, who steps up in his absence? God, Josh, I don't see a world where we don't see Jalen Waddle. I was a little concerned going back to the Byron Jones thing where, you know, Mike McDaniel, we're we're pretty confident he's gonna be ready for week one. Uh, The wording here is a little different. The more I kind of sit back and chew on it. I I think Jalen Waddle is perfectly fine. I think this is a team that Whether it's a good or a bad thing, we're we're yet to see it, but is pretty comfortable with where they're at. Uh, The coaching staff views this unit, this entire team as a bunch of guys who are just absolutely ready to go. So Josh, I think for week one, I wouldn't say I'm too, too worried about it, but hey, let's go down that uh, rabbit hole. Would it be Eric Azucoma season in week one, or would uh, you just kind of have Mike Gusecki just go off?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think we saw Gasicki was listed as the number one tight end. That didn't really surprise anybody, but I think you'd probably try to lean on the rookie a little bit. I mean, I think we all feel very confident in what Eric Azukoma can do. I mean, we also feel the same way about Mike Gasicki, but it sounds like, you know, from all reports, you know, they're going to try to utilize him as an inline tight end, you know, let him do some of that blocking and things like that. So I'd strap up, you know, I'd get Ezukoma out there right away. But if you wanted a big body, a guy that, you know, I guess has already done this before in the NFL, you know, might not have those butterflies that a rookie would. Mike asiki could definitely be Absolutely. your guy. But I think you're right, man. This is all just, you know. Us spinning down a rabbit hole. And I do think the dolphins they're at that point where they have talent, you know, they have a Teron arm. So they have Jalen Waddle, they what have a yeah. that you, that you can, you know, feel confident. And they're so good that you want to sit them out of these, you know, small little practices and, you know, the joint practices with the Eagles in preseason because they're superstars. who you need out there mm-hmm. on the field. And I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but one of the new England Patriots, I guess he's a beat writer, but he did some good film stuff. He broke down, you know, how the new England Patriots counter Tyree kill when they played. You know, some of them are overlooking Jalen Waddle in the way that he was kind of restrained last year and putting a bottle and you know, mm-hmm. he was more of an underneath route. I mean, you have Tyreek Hill opening things up for Jalen Waddle. I mean, you double team Tyreek Hill and Waddle's one-on-one with a corner that he's, you know, three, four times faster than. So I really hope Jalen Waddle's out there. Again, no reason to think he won't be, but man, this offense is giving me goosebumps. And we just hope that, you know, we're not looking down the line and um, you know, these injuries are the Achilles heel because as we know, there are definitely some injuries in the secondary that could affect this season.
2: You know, in order to be a playoff team, in order to push for a Super Bowl, you need the health. You need a little bit of luck. And man, I I got to tell you, if I if Jalen Waddle plays seventeen games, sixteen games, if he's healthy and around this team all year, I I see no way that the Dolphins aren't being talked about as one of the teams with the top, you know, wide receiver duos in the entire league. So I'm I'm man, that seeing how those two can coexist is really at the top of my list. The last little injury thing josh uh would you say you're comfortable with the young guns at cornerback byron jones still being out mike daniel even said uh they may be new to you in the fan base but since we were going through the injuries and stuff in training camp we were really got more opportunities to coach and see our young nucleus of dbs which was the driving force in our making no moon man mike McDaniel's really hard to quote i gotta say that he's just uh his own type of person but josh McDaniel, this coaching staff, they feel comfortable with the depth they have. Are we happy with this cornerback room as is that they didn't go and try to, you know, sign another guy off the waiver wire or wherever it may be.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: I mean, we're going to find out, right? I don't know if you'll find out this week because I'm, I'm, you know, Devontae Parkridge, Kobe Myers, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I don't want to say they're not world beaters, but I don't know that any of those guys truly strike fear. And, you know, I guess the one thing that came out today, Jake, with the depth chart was six players were listed. Xavier Howard, Nick mm-hmm. Needham as a starter, Keon Cross and Noah Igbenogany behind... Um, those two, and then Cater, Cahoe, and Justin Bethel, but um, someone brought it up, you know, should we be concerned with Igbenogany's playing in a slot, this and that? I still think we go back to our last podcast where we said there might be something there for Eric Rowe to do. I know that he played in a slot in New England. I think he's now listed behind Brandon Jones at safety, so I mean, you throw him in there at, at nickel or whatever, and you got, you know, Xavier Howard, Nick Needham, and then you got Eric Rowe. I mean, I feel a little bit better about that, but um, the fact that Joe Hayden kind of wanted to come here and the Dolphins didn't have interest, um, I guess it speaks volumes for what they've seen out of these corners. And again, we're not down there, so we truly don't know. And we're all in on Darth Cater, Keon Cross, and look decent. And we're hoping, right? We're praying No, Benogany does something, please.
2: Josh, I think you just found Pepe Silvio because that, that – I... Could not agree more. I mean, seeing Brandon Jones ahead of row on the depth chart kind of tells you everything you need to know that the dolphins might try to use him in different ways. Uh, Miami was one of the most cornerback defensive back heavy teams last year playing, you know, six or seven guys out there. Uh, so man, I really wouldn't be surprised to see this depth chart, not really tell you the whole story about what the dolphins are going to have out there. Moving on, Josh, number three, who is going to be the captain? Who is going to be that lead running back for the Miami dolphins? Obviously, you just hit on it. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Monster, both listed as starters on the initial depth chart. Uh, McDaniel loves his running backs. And you look back to last year in San Francisco, uh, Elijah Mitchell, first six weeks of the season, he played 61% of snaps every game before getting hurt. So, Josh, we hear a lot about it's going to be Chase Edmonds. It's going to be, uh, you know, a Batman and Robin type thing. But I mean, this system kind of likes to ride a hot hand and I think that we might still see more of that this year.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, part of that, he pretty much Mike McDaniel spoke about the running backs and their skill sets and how they're overlapping. And that wasn't necessarily by design. You really just let the stuff play out. And the group of running backs uh, was as competitive as if I can ever really remember having the NFL, which is a great thing for the Dolphins. So, you know, he said it right there. He's pretty much going to let the chips fall in place and ride the hot hand, like you said. So we talked about before Mike McDaniel ever came here, you know, that he had that scheme and that offense, uh, that running system, you know, the wide zone scheme and how successful they are plug and play. I mean, I, I think it's going to be Chase Edmonds as a lead guy, but, you know, you keep seeing these depth charts. You keep thinking about how Raheem Mostert, you know, has already had success. I mean, when he's healthy, man, he is mm-hmm. a damn good running back. So, I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do think you're right, and you're onto something with the hot hand. I broke it down 50% of the touches to Edmonds, 30 to, to Mostert, and then 20 between uh, Ahmed and Gaskin. I, that was just BS, but, um, you know, I kind of thought that Sounds maybe that's... Yeah, it sounded decent, right? <laughs> so, if you spilled a pizza that way, I guess that's how I see it. But um, I know that... I'm high on Chase Evans this season. I know you were too in our fantasy um, league. And then Raheem Mostert, again, that's a guy that all it takes is an injury. Or again, him riding the hot hand, and this guy's had success. So, I'm excited to see the way they come out firing all cylinders because one of the biggest things that have kind of kept the Dolphins from achieving greatness, so to speak. I mean, besides all the other BS we've been through is they just have not had a running game these last few years. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. we joked about before Ryan Fitzpatrick not too long ago was leading the team in rushing. And I think that was the same year that we had Mark Walton, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yep. I'm I'm excited to see what Chase Edmonds, Raheem Oster, and then those other two guys. And I've got to throw Zaquandre right out there. He's still in the practice squad. And you and I both
2: think that he can uh, maybe be an NFL running back at some point. What a loaded group with a bunch of veterans. I'm really excited to see how that develops throughout the season. Josh, my fourth burning question, big free agents without the price tag. How how do you feel someone like Melvin Ingram? How do you feel someone like Trey Flowers is going to move the leader um, move the needle i should say for the spimey dolphins defense uh, i have a hard time not thinking about joey porter the big joey porter season and and kind of hoping that this is we can get one of these two to have something sort of uh along the lines of that i think i think joey porter was a pro bowler that year I, i'm not expecting that much but um as we look at what melvin ingram and trey flowers do it we kind of want to focus on how many snaps they're going to play uh Last year, Ingram joined the Chiefs in week nine, and he played more than 53% of snaps in eight of the last nine games of the year. That includes playoffs. Uh, 46% in his first week with the Chiefs, 40% in the second. Uh, I think game script tells us a lot. I think close games where opponents are going to pass the ball, we might see Ingram more. Uh, But do you see the Dolphins trying to keep him fresh? Or is Ingram going to be one of those uh main stable defensive ends who are going to be getting at the quarterback each and every game?
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the Dolphins' defensive line, that rotation they have, I definitely think it'd be wise, you know, keep them fresh and rotate them in and out, like you said, you know, create mismatches. I mean, Mike McDaniel, we've heard how much he loves that defensive line and he's all about it. But, um, Jake, you mentioned that, and then I look over at the depth chart that I posted and I didn't even pick up on this. Melvin Ingram's listed as a starter. You know, he beat out Andrew Van Ginkle. So it's, you know, Jalen Phillips, Landon Roberts, Jerome Baker, then Melvin Ingram. So Ingram, Phillips coming off the edge. I mean, based on that, you, I mean, we might see him play more than 50, three percent of those snaps. Right. I mean, so I I don't know how they're going to utilize him. I'm a little surprised that he's done. I guess I'm not. Melvin Ingram's a stud. Right. I mean, the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is he's just up there in age. So um, the fact that he came in here right away, you know, and we like Andrew Van Ginkle, but, you know, he took his job. I mean, it's definitely saying something about what type of player they have. And then Trey Flowers, he's listed behind Jalen Phillips. So, um, you know, they have lots of good pieces up front and so many different creative ways that they can utilize them. Um, You know, everyone keeps saying the Dolphins have had so much success against the Patriots because of Brian Flores. I think many people forget that Josh Boyer, you know, a year before that was people the guy forget. that everyone was praising and was the, you know, the the hottest defensive coordinator of football. So I want to see the, how far this thing does drop off after losing Brian Flores and see if Josh Boyer can, you know, make this thing his own. Because you mentioned all the guys, the cooks in the kitchen on the offensive side, the same thing was happening on the defensive side, right? Gerald Alexander was reportedly calling plays, you know, Brian. Flores, mm-hmm. you know, Josh Boyer. So you cannot even tell me or even predict how much that could affect, you know, throughout the entire season, just morale and just everything. So I, I guess I spun out of control there, but I'm excited to see the way this unit plays because, um, you know, we overlook this defense and they are definitely set up to be, again, another top 10, maybe even top five unit. And
2: then all you need is the offense to go out there and just, you know, put any points on the board. Depth is the biggest thing, Josh. And you think about Trey Flowers. He played 89% of snaps uh, week one last year in Detroit. He flirted around 60% of the snaps the, the rest of the year he played. I, I know he didn't play a complete season, but he's someone who's 29 years old. I, I think he can not only be a rotational guy, I really wouldn't be surprised to see him pushing for one of those starting jobs and really try to reignite his career on a team that, hey, just needs those couple extra pieces to put them over the top. Our fifth and final burning question, Josh, you put down this one and I'm excited for it. I think this is probably the biggest one. How will Mike McDaniel handle adversity in his first regular season game versus arguably the greatest coach of all time? Not really. It's not true. but, but Josh, just to kind of put it into perspective, that ball did Tyree kill that two or three. I mean, it was in a double coverage. Let's say it's, let's say it's picked off. I would have loved to see the response there. Yes. The, the deep bomb was cool, but how is Mike McDaniel? I mean, he's fun and easy going and happy go lucky when things are going right. But I mean, man, what, what's going to happen when you're zero seven and lose to the Jaguars. God, I
0: got oh, home. Yeah. Yeah. God, got, I hope not. That's when we lost all our followers. <laughs> um, <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, Jake, I mean, this thing stuck out to me because it almost sounded like these two guys were going to, you know, Mike McDaniel was kind of joking that they were going to fight almost, you know? So he said, it'd be a bigger deal if Coach Belichick and I were on the field, maybe do him like an Oklahoma drill, but I don't foresee that happening. I don't think the fans would really pay for that. We do our best. I know the one thing that coaches in the National Football League, especially experienced NFL coaches, especially the arguably the best coach of all time, Bill Belichick, he's going to be prepared. So you know that as a head coach, you better prepare your team and leave no stone unturned. And um, the first thing that stuck out to me was fans would have, Absolutely, pay money to watch him and Coach Belichick to the Oklahoma drill. I mean, without question, but it does. You're right, man. If a ball gets picked off, you know the offensive line struggling. I had down Connor Williams up here. You know he was struggling throughout camp, snapping the football. How long until mm-hmm. you know does that go on throughout the season until you finally you know start making changes? I mean, I don't even want to bring up the quarterback position, but you know what I mean. There's going to be a time when Mike McDaniel has to make tough decisions. You know, has to really get on players' ass because they made a mistake rise up the troops and um that's when we want to see what he's made of because you see like different analysts saying oh it doesn't look like an nfl head coach and he's too buddy buddy and all this stuff who who cares right i mean who cares you can see what type mm-hmm. of person he is and uh, i just hope that I, I joke that he's not the guy on the sideline like adam Gase, like penciling in his notepad all by himself on the sideline while the defense is going to work
2: yeah and i i think that's the most important thing just to see someone who's engaged he doesn't look uh the moment doesn't look too big for him and i think that's the thing i think he'll be pretty comfortable being out there in hard rock stadium having that shade with them uh, but man i still can't believe it we have week one of the regular season it is upon us a little bit of bookkeeping before we wrap up here we're gonna try knocking on wood here to shoot for three shows every week week uh early in the week monday tuesday you'd look for a game recap Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there, we're going to have Merrick Brave joining us. Tomorrow, he'll be on the show to talk about his orange jersey tracker, another thing he worked on for us throughout the preseason. And then, you know, near the end of the week, we'll give you a preview, maybe hit on some of the key points, maybe even give a couple bets out that, you know, I wouldn't trust too, too much. But hey, that is what's in store for us. Congratulations, everyone. We have made it to football season. It's been a hell of a ride and we're excited to keep it going. So for the Jake and Josh show, one last time, I want to say thank you for letting us be part of your day. We're looking forward to the football season and above all else, fins up. Fins up.
1: That was Finsider Radio, part of the Fitsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super so Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.